Welcome back to the Deep Digger Sports Pod. I'm your host, Drew, and my other host right over here. What's up? It's D. Good to see you again. Today, we are digging into a whole bunch. So, Patrick Bailey has been on a tear for the San Francisco Giants. DeAndre Hopkins signed with the Tennessee Titans, uh, as well as a couple of other stories, including running back free agents. But before we get into that, Go ahead and hit that like button. Go ahead and subscribe to this pod. It really helps us out, and we definitely appreciate it. Yeah, I think we are going to start. It's getting close to August, getting close to that football season. So DeAndre Hopkins will start there. He has signed with the Titans. Patriots were in on him, but I guess they're just going to be stuck with a Juju Smith-Schuster and Devontae Parker. Um, how does DeHop's going to the Titans affect the league at all? Uh, it doesn't. <laughs> I, I sent you that tweet uh, from uh, Bleacher Report uh, betting, and actually it showed the odds before DeAndre Hopkins uh, got signed with the Titans, and uh, they remained the same uh, for them to win the Super Bowl. So I think the league kind of is like, okay, cool. Like, that doesn't really affect anything. Um, actually, I, I think it's kind of a weird move for DeAndre Hopkins. I think it's a weird move for the Tennessee Titans. I mean, they were obviously in desperate need of a wide receiver, but why pay that much money for an aging wide receiver? Almost seems like he was just a piece for a team that was really trying to make a push at a championship. And it doesn't seem like that's where they're at. You know what I mean? They're kind of in rebuild mode if that's, you know, but I don't think Vrabel wants to be in rebuild mode. So he's like, let's do this now. I don't know. Like what's your take on it? I think they made a huge mistake with AJ Brown. Um, I saw another tweet that was like, why pay A.J. Brown when you could pay DeAndre Hopkins, who's way older and not as good? So, you know, you you live and you learn with these mistakes, but uh, sometimes you don't live past uh, that contract. So is is Vrabel kind of on his way out because of, like, the way the offense is? Like, the team's obviously declining in talent. Yes. And now... We have a quarterback situation where they clearly want to move off of Tannehill, but he's still so much better than the options that they have. Yeah. Like, we're getting reports all over the place. Like, oh, Malik Willis is playing actually better than Will Levis now when he was probably going to get cut. Is Will Levis going to be the future guy if he's not playing than the guy that couldn't throw last year? So it was passed up on, uh, like, what, two weeks of Josh Dobbs? Yeah. So... I don't know. I think Will Levis, again, went to the worst scenario for him. Like, all the same things that he struggled with in college are going to be the same things on the Titans. Uh, they're not sure about their, their offensive scheme. They don't have wide receivers, and they have a terrible O-line. Well, that's the same case in Tennessee. So, do I see him starting this year? No. But uh, I think they have to evaluate what they have in Will Levis this year, especially if they are going to suck as bad as people kind of are expecting them to. I know good coach, uh, quote unquote, good defense, but it's kind of declining over the past few years. So maybe they are in contention to get uh, one of the second tier quarterbacks out of this draft, where whether it be uh, Drake May, uh, Penix, uh, even Bo Nix. So there's, there's a couple different options out there you're going to have to really evaluate as the Tennessee Titans moving forward. But is it a failure if, like, three years in a row you're still looking in the draft for a quarterback? Like, mm. I mean, I guess they didn't take the biggest swings. Like, Levis fell to them, Malik Willis fell to them. But at what point are you like, maybe we should get a first-round quarterback and, like, stop fucking around? 
And that, that's maybe what they're going to do three years in a row. Like, hey, we drafted one in the third, drafted one in the second. Now it's the first round, baby. Like, this is going to be our guy. And you, you can never have too many quarterbacks. Look at what the uh, Washington Commanders uh, football team Redskins did. Uh, they drafted Robert Griffin III, and they immediately in that same draft drafted Kirk Cousins. If they didn't do that, they wouldn't have one of the, like, the best seasons that they did with Kirk Cousins. So you can always hedge your bets. Look at what the, the Cardinals did with uh, Josh Rosen, giving him one year and then pivoting off of him, moving straight to Kyler Murray. So I it doesn't really matter. Look at what the 49ers did. They drafted Trey Lance number three. They got Mr. Irrelevant, and they kept swinging on quarterbacks, and now they it looks like they have a guy who can hold up the franchise. So I don't think it really matters as long as you do find that guy. Yeah, I mean, only time will tell. I mean, what if their guy's still Tannehill and they got to just keep rolling with him, like kind of Minnesota Kirk Cousins style? Oh, but that's worst case scenario. Well, we'll see. We'll see. You guys, uh, let us know in the comments. Uh, you guys like the hop signing? Does it change anything? Uh, let's move on to these running backs. The running back position is kind of going through a weird stage right now where nobody wants to pay a running back. Running backs who should be worth a lot of money are not getting anything and they're holding out. Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley specifically. I don't know if you saw um, someone was tweeting about Josh Jacobs saying, oh, well, the Raiders don't want to like reset the market for running backs. And he tweeted at them like no one's asking to reset the market. He's just looking for uh, some insurance, like not looking for a big payday, but looking for that stability. Yeah, I get that. But also... Running back is just one of those things. I think with uh, the Shanahan offense being so prevalent and now him having you know, a lot of those uh, type of coaches in the ether, it just to show you like we can get a late round running back. We could use him for three years and we're going to go ahead and pivot. Like We're not afraid to do that now. We don't want to sign big names to big contracts and be really hamstrung when they actually go on the decline. So I just don't think that's that's the league anymore i just don't think that uh one running backs are going to be coveted i don't think linebackers are going to be coveted as much unless you can really play the pass like i think that the league has shown that's what they're going to prioritize qb and qb health and we're going to run up the score with the pass game yeah i think uh it's it's tough because you look at a guy like saquon barkley and that's a game changer for you that's literally the best player on your team and you can't just, like, find a way right now. Like, your team's already set. You're not going to be bringing in other players right now. Like, you can't find a way to manipulate the cap to give this guy an extra, like, $3 million. Like, what are we doing here? But, again, for the team, it's like, okay, well, that $3 million could be another defensive lineman that we need. That $3 million could be a safety later on in the year when someone breaks their ankle, like, all that money actually does matter, especially in the NFL. If it was the NBA, of course, you're like, yeah, let's just give him whatever he wants, like max him out, and that's fine. I think that's, you know, one thing you got to kind of look at when you're an NFL team is we're kind of held to a, a tighter budget just because we have so many roster spots. And at any point, something could happen and we need to go out and sign somebody. So. I mean, look at a couple of years ago when, uh, who was it? Was it the Tampa Bay Bucks when they went and got uh, Ndamukong Sue just out of nowhere? And so it's like all those things could actually like just cap space matters. Yeah. And the way that like the league is still going, 
you can just draft a running back in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Like uh, Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, dropped in the seventh, and like he just helped you win a Super Bowl. So you it's don't like, think the Chiefs regret getting Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the first round, even though like I I like that pick coming out of college. It you look back on it, and you're like, damn, we really could have got another piece to add either for Mahomes on a cheap contract, adding another wide receiver, or on the back end of the defense where we did play a lot of rookies last year. So you you have to want that one back. Yeah, well, you guys let us know. Are you paying running back on your squad, or <laughs> you just drafting every year, hoping like someone works out? So, I mean, it's high risk, high reward kind of thing. But like, I mean, when you do have a bell cow like they have with Derrick Henry, it's like it matters so much because it really does take off, you know, the pressure of a guy like Tannehill until he's needed. If you have a guy like Derrick Henry, it makes you feel like I don't need to pay my star receiver. Yeah. And I can trade him away. <laughs> like, that's how good Derrick Henry is, where you're like, this up-and-coming receiver who could be top 10 in the league, let's just get rid of him because we're just going to run the ball 50 times anyways. Yeah, we'll get a guy 10 years older who's more expensive. doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, did you – oh, I quickly I have um, – there was a tweet kind of going around uh, saying how funny last year's football season was. And I kind of wanted to go through a couple of the tweets I saw in this thread and kind of get your rating. Okay. Let's like say one through five, one being uh, that was just dumb. Like, no. Stupid. No. Zero laughs. Yeah, zero, zero laughs. He-he's. Five being, oh my God, what the what the hell was that? Okay. So let me fire off a couple of things that happened last season. The experts, there was a person that tweeted, the experts said the Bears will go one in fourteen the rest of the way. There's no way it would happen because they were, what two and one at the time. Yeah, and then they proceeded to go one in fourteen the rest of the way. <laughs> That's a pretty good one because what are the what are the odds? Like you <laughs> know what I mean. So I will give that a five. That one is pretty hilarious. That's one of those tweets that go in the Hall of Fame. Like, oh, these experts are gonna go. They're gonna go one in fourteen. You really so think? Stupid. And then it fucking happened. I remember every week someone bringing that tweet up. You're like, I don't it's know these experts. Uh, DJ Moore scoring a sixty yard touchdown to tie the game, only to take off his helmet, get knocked out of field goal position, and they end up losing the game in overtime. <laughs> I'll give that one a four just because I, uh, I, I give it doesn't one, matter as much because Panther fans are like, thank God. I give got. it a one because that's a stupid rule. Like, I want my guys taking off their helmets celebrating. Uh, Broncos fan, fans count down the play clock for Russ and the offense. Five out of five. Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. I'll also throw in uh, Russell Wilson yelling runner pass on the sideline. Come on, guys. We need you. <laughs> offense, we need you to help our defense. <laughs> I just seen the picture of Melvin Gordon looking at him like, I, I hate this right now. Um, Arian Foster saying the NFL's rigged and that they get a new script every season and everyone <laughs> believing him. I remember that was like a phenomenon. Remember, uh, people were like, oh, my script was different. Yeah. Um, the Chargers blowing a 27-0 lead to the Jags and no one watching it because <laughs> they Dude. thought the game was over. <laughs> I remember that video of the... Uh, the Chargers fan who took a nap and then afterwards woke up and they fucking lost. <laughs> it's like a, you have another well-earned parlay. <laughs> uh, Jacoby Myers, uh, last second pitch back 
to try to win the game, and he pitches it straight oh. to a Raiders player who then runs it back for a touchdown, winning the game. That was more sad than anything. Yeah. Love it. Love to see it, though. Uh, the Cowboys kicker not being able to hit a PAT <laughs> forever. <laughs> to the point where they were going for it on <laughs> for two-point conversions. All right, pretty good. Uh, the Texans doing everything in their power to win the final game of the season and lose the number one pick. <laughs> that game won me a huge parlay. <laughs> I was like, I was watching that. Like, like, Davis oh, Mills, shit. my guy. Come on, Stanford. Uh, the Chiefs hitting a merry-go-round play on the Raiders. Oh, man. If you're a Raiders fan, you just got to be embarrassed. That was one of the toughest seasons to be a Raiders fan, I think. <sighs> you got all this new juice. You're thinking, like, we got Devontae Adams. We got Derek Carr, Josh McDaniels. I really thought that they had the best offseason. You got a real coach. You got real offensive weapons. Like, you got Chandler Jones. You're ready to go. Like this is this was a playoff well, team the previous year. Speaking of having a real coach, uh, another Raiders one. <laughs> Jeff Saturday tweeting that the Raiders look horrible, only for him to coach the Colts a few weeks later and beat the Raiders, <laughs> <laughs> losing to offensive lineman who has no experience coaching. The Raiders uh, don't believe in bulletin board material. <laughs> They're like, yeah, fuck it. Uh, the Ra- the Ravens, uh, Lamar Jackson not playing in the playoff, and. Uh, them fumbling on the one yard line and Bengals bringing it back for a touchdown. Ooh, tough. Uh, and the last one, Zeke's final play as a cowboy, <laughs> lining up as the center and <laughs> getting blasted. Oh, the irony. That's like probably my number one. I, if I had to circle one, that's my number one. That Zeke play was pretty hilarious. It's, I think this season and last NBA season were like the most hilarious seasons of Just sports. Prime ever. meme seasons. We might have to do an NBA version of this. Yeah. Because there was a lot. There was, there was well, you guys let us know in the comments what was your favorite funny moment of last season. I think it's the let's ride. Like that stuck with <laughs> him everyone. Do, him doing high knees in the <laughs> on the plane. You could just – I need hard knocks – Broncos. That's what I need. Oh, we need it so bad. <laughs> but all right, we'll move on to a real topic now. Uh Jalen Brown, uh, details releasing about his potential max contract. Uh I have it here according to marka.com. I, I don't know what this source is, but the way his contract could get laid out in 24-25, it would start at $50 million per year. And then by 28-29, it would be at $66 million for one year. Be a total of $290 million. Is he worth that? No, of course not. (laughs) But, like, what else are you going to do? You know what I mean? You've traded away Marcus Smart because there was just too much headbutting going on. And I think Marcus Smart really did think he was the guy. You know what I mean? I thought, like, at times... Even when you hear stories about like, okay, well, he held a players only meeting and got on everybody's ass and on the court, he needs to touch the ball when it's like, give it to Jason Tatum. What are you doing? It says this contract could be actually up to 304 million, uh, but even at 295 million, it would be the richest contract in NBA history. So it's like, as good as Jalen Brown is, perennial all-star player, I think perennial, you could say all NBA player at in these next coming years, possibly maybe thirteen, possibly. you yeah. know, every year. Uh, is he worth the highest contract of all time? I would say no. Like just because he qualifies for it, is it right to be like, yes, you get the full max? 
I think it's crazy that you're going to get the full max of a guy who can't dribble the basketball. You know what I mean? To his left. To his left. (laughs) I've seen him lose the handle so many times. It's in critical, like, actually, like, let's go ahead and settle this down. All I have to do is I'm going to dribble it around and I'm going to get a layup and he'll lose the handle. But I think that's just kind of where the league's going. Like, you have to pay this guy. As the Celtics, you got to run things back. You got to build around those two stars and you got to make sure that these two stars are happy moving forward. And I think that's what we've seen. I think if they didn't want to pay him the max, they would have moved him this offseason. Maybe they tried to take a swing at Dame, you know, but... I don't think that... I think their plan is fully on Jalen Brown, Tatum, Porzingis. Yeah. And it's it's just wild to me. Like, when is it going to be the first team that is like, listen, you qualified for the max, but you're not one of the 10 best players in the league. Like, why would I give you a max contract? If you want a max contract and you want to go to, like, Indiana or Detroit or Orlando or something, go ahead. Go let them pay you $70 million a year. But, like, we think you're worth 45. We're thinking you're 40. Like, let's be a little more realistic here. Yeah, but if you look at it, like, it's such a small, like, pool of players that do earn the max, right? And all of the, like, a good portion of those players are connected or like like through their agents are connected, right? And so if you're the team that steps up and is like, no, we're not gonna pay you, then it sends a message to free agents and other guys like, we are not gonna, like, we're not gonna play ball with you. And so those agents take note and they're like, oh, well, you didn't take care of my guy. Well, I had this other guy that's on your squad. He's ready to, he's ready to bounce. So it's uh, kind of a delicate balance when you start to look at that. I think w- if, they didn't want to keep Jalen Brown. They would find a team and they would get his blessing. Like, Hey, we're going to go ahead and trade you to so-and-so and it's going to be a sign and trade deal. But there's no way that a team nowadays is going to put their foot down and be like, Nope, you don't get the max. We're going to offer you only 90 mil for two seasons. It's like, that shit's not just going to happen, dude. Yeah. I just like, it, it, it irks me to see these guys, that I'm like, wow, he's getting the highest paid contract of all time. Like, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Giannis level money. And you guys are probably worse than last year. Losing Marcus Marth and going with Porzingis, I don't know how well that's going to work out. Your bench isn't as deep. <clears throat> the CBA, the new second umbrella, like the second apron, whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, Like, you're trying to stay under that and to give someone... 65 million dollars for one year you're only gonna get less and less room to fill out your bench when it looks like going forward a big key for like being a good nba team is filling out your bench with good talent and now you're telling me well instead of having two or three solid role players we have to pay jalen brown jalen brown like 30 million dollars more I just think he got to do it. Like, what were your other options this offseason? I would rather trade him for, like, three role players. Mm, no, because then you're just immediately taking yourself out of contention. I think where Boston Celtics are coming as an look organization. At, look at the Heat. Yeah. The but, Heat are all role It's Jimmy Butler, Bam, and role players. Okay, but when we seen they went against a team with multiple stars. And they went to the finals. They beat the Celtics. Celtics are soft, all right? Let's just go ahead and say that. But, like, as... As a team, you got to just do it. We have two superstars, quote-unquote superstars, in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. 
we got to keep these guys. I think what screws them is they're, they have two superstars who are on the same contract timeline. Yeah. And that's what really screws them. It's, it's good that they hit on both and they're both young, but other teams have the upper hand of, well, one guy is kind of older and one guy's like on the come up. So we kind of stagger them. And we know like if this guy's aging out, then we're going to lower his contract and the next guy's going to be up and you can play with those and flip them. But yeah, it sucks because they're both on the same trajectory. So you, you're, you're handcuffed to them. Yeah, I mean, it's just tough. Who are you going to trade for? I wouldn't trade for role players. Like you have to compete and especially knowing the, the Boston Celtics and looking at the East, it's like, okay, well we're guaranteed a playoff run if we just have these guys. So Let's, let's stick with the status quo and maybe someone that we have, like a Peyton Pritchard, steps up. Maybe someone we draft steps up and they can actually be that third piece. We don't have to pay somebody. So that that's kind of what the the Nuggets got. Like they got Michael Porter Jr., who is who would be a star on another team, uh, but they got him because he had back problems coming out of the draft. He was really cheap. And they were like, yeah, let's get him. Well, I mean, we'll see how it works out for the Celtics. So right now, the Giants are hot coming off the All-Star break. We just swept the Pirates. Uh, Patrick Bailey is a guy that's kind of the talk of the town right now. He is batting 302. That's five home runs. Uh, he's looking dominant on defense. Pick, I'm seeing a highlight of him like every day picking off uh, people trying to steal bases. How are we feeling right now, kind of where the Giants are sitting? Uh, let me pull up these standings really quick. Right now, uh, game and a half back on the Dodgers in the NL West. So, Oof. how are we feeling about this young talent? Kind of all these guys coming up on the Giants right now. Man, uh, you mean Joey Bart, right? Like Joey Bart, you, you, the next uh, Buster Posey, right? <laughs> no, I mean it's awesome to see like these these guys really step up and it kind of honestly out of nowhere. Like before the season started, do you think like did you have a any inkling that Patrick Bailey was going to be what he was, that Casey Schmidt was going to be what he is right now. So I would go ahead and I would venture to say no. Right. Yeah. I was like, I, I mean, again, we talked about this before that we came on this pod like opening day and we were like, wow, it's going to be a, a rough season. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not looking too good for the giants. And now everything since then has been, well, you know, maybe they, they could do something. Maybe they are looking a little good. And then, now I, it's I think like, now they're a legit looking team. The bats are doing what they need to do. The pitching's looking nice. The only thing is I wish we made better signings this past offseason. Like Manaya is almost unplayable at this point. And they put him in the bullpen. Right? Yeah. And they're just trying to find a role for him. And it's like, is can he be a long reliever? Ah uh, no, he's kind of getting eaten up out there. Can he just come in and pitch one inning? Ah uh, no, he's no, like he's fucking this up. So I would love it if we just like moved off him and like let someone else like do we have another young guy that we can just bring up or can we make a trade right now? Um, the whole Shohei of it is like, yo, imagine if we really did make that trade right now with this roster on the come up. 